Toby, it has been great having you on the keys and leading worship tonight. Good job. Good job. Well done. Awesome. Is it not true that at one point you couldn't sing and play the keys together? Or you just taught yourself how to do all that, right? Yeah, you're amazing. Yep, anointed and amazing. So I just appreciate you all so much. Without further ado, we have our wonderful Pastor Vince bringing the word of the Lord tonight. So just give him a hand. God is great and greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. This is my lovely wife, Minister Ava. Did y'all hear her praying? I'm praying to Satan. I feel the blood of Jesus is against you. Woo! That messed me up. Well, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so glad I ain't Satan. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles with me to Isaiah. Excuse me. I changed it like several times. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. If you can put that up on the screen. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles. Chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Y'all see me squinting at my paper because I'm old. <laughs> right? I've been around a little while. But anyway, are you guys there yet? I still, I still hear um, papers going, books looking, you know, mostly from the youth section over there. Come on, guys. It's Old Testament, I know, I know. Y'all don't like nothing that says old. All right, it's okay. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. It says, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan, something like that, Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast uh -oh, throughout all Judah. <laughs> <laughs> so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Anybody need any help tonight? Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives tonight, Lord. And every day of our lives, may we walk so much so in it that we are a reflection of your beloved son, our Savior, Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. You know, they asked me if I wanted the pulpit on the platform or if I want it down on the, on the uh, floor. And I said, no, put it up on the platform because I like coming down the stairs. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I used, to, I used to scare 
people, half the death coming down the stairs because I was so big, you know, that they thought, oh, he ain't going, they would just jump. <laughs> I came down the stairs. My wife would have a fit. My goodness. And I came down the stairs, but um, I don't know. It's maybe since the last time I was up here, man, I've lost about 55 pounds. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing three items tonight that I couldn't wear a year ago. I'll tell you what they are so you don't have to guess. It's this little belt that I have on. And it was little. I couldn't, I couldn't um, wear it. I bought it and, and got home and couldn't wear it. You ever buy something you can't wear? You know, but <laughs> And you get home and find out it's too small. And you go, oh, my. Oh, my. You know, in this shirt my wife brought for me about three years ago. What a woman of faith. I was like, you know, baby, I can't wear this. She said, one day you will. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Praise God. And about two years ago, she brought me these shoes, which I could not get into. And now I don't even have to untie them. I lost the whole shoe size. Uh, wow. And besides that, you know, I hadn't seen my feet in about three and a half years. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, it's my, my privilege, you know, to come and deliver the word tonight. I, I just want to, you know, thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen for allowing me to, to come up and, and to preach the word to you. You know, and uh, they gave me a warning, you know, you know, you know. But they've been my, they've not only been my pastors, they've been my good friends. And they've, they've been a help to me in time of many of my troubles. We've gone through a lot together. You know, we've been through, literally been through hell and high water together. Praise God. So many trials and so many situations and so many circumstances are contrary to, to, to the way we believed and the, the way we thought. And, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, though, is you go through some stuff, you come out stronger than what you were when you went into. Because there's only, you know, the choice to either fight and win or just to lay down and lose. Okay, and after a while, you know, the devil don't care how much you cry. He don't care how sad your puppy brown eyes are. And you can look at them all you want to. He has not an ounce of sympathy for you. As a matter of fact, you're in trouble because of him. You know, he needs here to mess you up, tear you up, blow you up, beat you up, beat you down. Do everything he can to stop you from doing what God has created you to do. And it's the thing is, is that you will never be happy, never be truly satisfied. I don't care how much money you have, how many houses you own, how many cars you drive, no matter how nice the clothes are that you wear, nothing will satisfy you ever more than doing what God has created you to do. It don't make any difference what you got on when you're doing what God called you to do. That makes no difference what you're driving. You can be driving a Bentley or you can be driving a, a Bentley. You know, <laughs> when you're doing what God has called you to do, you can't get more satisfied. But I want to talk to you tonight very, very briefly about how to handle trouble when it comes your way. The name of the, the message is, is how to handle trouble. 
I don't know if I'll ever get to a scripture that points to how to handle trouble. It just sounded like a catchy um, title. So that's what I named it. Praise God. I want you to know that Jehoshaphat, you know, do y'all heard me read, read the scripture, right? Okay. Get that out the way. Y'all heard, y'all seen what Jehoshaphat got a, a letter or got information that told him that he was in trouble. Trouble just came up out of nowhere. Y'all mean, if you read chapter 19, I mean, he was running around doing good. He was, he was blessing people. He was getting Judah. I mean, you know, he was getting a whole country in order. You know, he ordered Judah. He, he tore down the high places. He did a whole bunch of stuff. Get rid of these false idols, you know. You know, well, what were you talking? Well, he, you know, he, um, he ended same-sex marriage. You know, he outlawed abortion. Hallelujah. And... <laughs> I'm sorry. He made marijuana illegal again. <laughs> I, know, I know I ain't going to get a lot of old amens on that. You know, some of y'all agree with that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's amazing to me why people do agree with it. Because I grew up in a neighborhood full of marijuana smokers. Talking about the biggest neighborhood of losers I ever... I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, I went back down there, man. They still wearing the same clothes. They still doing the same thing. And they, you know... They even watching the same TV programs. They just they mess up, man. You know, it's like they're caught in a time warp. You know, every day they get up, it's the same. You know, it's like, whoo, the day is the same. Nothing's changed. My goodness. We have got to stop listening to the opinions of the world. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But your delight should be in the law of the Lord. And in his law, you must meditate day and night and you'll be like a tree. Hallelujah. Planted beside the rivers of the waters that bring forth their fruit in their season. Your leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever you do, it'll prosper. I'll take Psalms chapter 1 verses 1, 2, and 3, Lord. I'll take those. You know, instead of wasting away in Loserville. Well, praise God. Let me tell you something. In this world, Jesus warned us sternly. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. He used this big old word called tribulation. Trouble. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be some hard times come your way. But, you know, he said, be of good cheer. It don't sound right. Does it? You know, in the Bible, down is up. It's, it's, it's a trip. But he said, if you humble yourself, I'll lift you up. Don't wait for me to humble you. Do it yourself. <laughs> take yourself down before I come and have to do it because what I do hurts so if you do it you're going to be alright and then I'll lift you up well praise God there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that rubs people the wrong way that's why I know it's the word of God because anybody picked up the word of God and just saying oh I'm just happy and joy with everything it says in there if nothing in the Bible rubs you the wrong way you're reading the wrong Bible it's, uh, because the Bible messes with everybody. You know, you heard the story about the, that rich young ruler who came up telling me, I did all that from the time I was born. Well, I don't know if you said it like that, but that's okay. That's my version. But he, I've done all that and he said, okay, sell everything you got, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Ooh, we lost the rich ruler. Just lost him right there. Couldn't do it. You know, and this is the thing is, is that you doing your stuff and your own righteousness is as filthy rise compared to God. 
you know. There's no higher calling. Nothing you can do. The Bible says lay down your life for your friends. You know. And it's not talking about dying for them. He would take care of that. It's talking about don't live your own life for you. And stuff. Put somebody else in a higher position than you. And live your life to, I'm, you know, me, you know, me and Cleveland, we got our differences. But, you know, if, if I had the chance, and I'm not asking for one. <laughs> you got to clarify things with God because he'll take you right at your word, okay? You know, you got to watch that, you know. I'm not asking for one, but if God called me to go, I would. Okay, but it, he ain't called me to go. He taught, called me to Wasilla. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jehoshaphat teaches us things about ourselves that we need to know. And, you know, we can disqualify ourselves from Jehoshaphat or we can identify with him. Okay, if I was you, I would identify him, and I'm, I'm going to help you do that. Identify with Jehoshaphat, okay, because Jehoshaphat has some trouble come. And it's because he's done, done something in his past. If you read the chapters leading up to chapter 20, Jeho Jehoshaphat had got involved in a war that he should have never got involved in. Okay, and went and got beat up. The other king that was with him died. You remember that Ahab guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah well, that's, you know, that's the story about how Ahab died. In the same war, Jehoshaphat ran for his life and got back home, and a prophet met him. And he says, he told him, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, do you align yourself with evil? And you, you come running back home, and you don't expect that something is, that the wrath of God has followed you, but it has. And Jehoshaphat went, oh, what? You know, you got to be careful. You're going to reap what you sow. So like Pastor Daniel always says, pray for crop failure. Okay, and go out and do good. And Jehoshaphat went, and he went to work, man, when he got home. He didn't wallow in anything about, about, about the trouble that he had, he had gotten mixed up in that wasn't, you know, um, he was supposed to get in. You know, you ever done stuff you weren't supposed to do? Been with people you weren't supposed to be? Been at a place you were never supposed to be there? And bad stuff happened. Okay, and if that's never happened to you, just move to Cleveland. All right? <laughs> I guarantee you. I know. But anyway, Jehoshaphat's trouble then, even though he went and he started doing good, but I'm going to tell you this. That Jehoshaphat sowed the right kind of seeds. He said, well, I, I did a bad thing. And he didn't just lay in it. He got up and he went home and he started working for his people. And he cleaned up his act. He got his people together and he was standing strong. And I mean, he had a, he had a strong um, kingdom. You know, the place was flowing money. People had been repentant. They kicked all the bad guys out. And Jehoshaphat was reigning king. There was peace all around him. And then he heard that there's this innumerable army, you know, made up of all kind of kings and, and stuff had, had come to attack him. They didn't just come from nowhere. That was some of them people he had, he had a fight with uh, uh, a few chapters earlier, okay, and who he had to run from to get home safely. But they came after him. And they came and they, they, they were about to surround his, his, whole, his whole country, all right, and he had to call on the name of the Lord. Smart man. And we would take it, we would take good note to see what, what Jehoshaphat did. Because God came and rescued him in a, in a mighty and a profound way. 
I want you to know that because it was King Jehoshaphat, we want to distance ourselves from this event and this circumstance and situation. But Jehoshaphat is just a man that God made king. Okay? He's just a man that God made king. And he, he's just like us. You know, as a matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. See, you were not a people of God till you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you became the people of God. Then you became a royal priesthood. Okay, royal just means kingly. That's what it means. It means having kingly nature, a kingly attitude, a kingly walk, and a kingly talk. Hallelujah. Walk like a man. I know that's, I went over half of y'all head. But, then, but you have to, I don't even know if that's politically correct anymore. You know, that's why I'm so old. You know, praise him. But you got to walk like God, you got to know who you are. You're sitting around here thinking you're some weak pushover. You are a child of God, full of the Holy Ghost, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, if you don't believe that, if you don't know that, that's because you haven't read your word and you don't understand who God created you to be in his image. He said, son, don't you walk like that. Daughter, don't you walk like that. You walk like me. You're my child. I'm like, get your walk on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, I just love church. I, I, I love his people. I love his unique expression of himself that spread throughout all the world. You know, and you guys sitting in here represent the whole world. You guys are awesome, okay? And you guys are filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why I can't look down on you. I can't say nothing bad about you because you look exactly like God created you to look. Okay, now we all have our moments. We don't act like we should have acted. You know, we, we've all made mistakes. Jehoshaphat was a king. He made a mistake. You know, and that mistake has followed him home. You know, I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about, to have something in your past come out and reach out for you. And you're running around all day thinking everything is fine. And you're just like, do you? I'll do you. You know, you've repented. You, you've been born again for a number of years. You're, you know, you're doing your, your godly and kingly thing. You know, you're going out. You're going to church every Sunday. And then, bam, trouble comes your way. But Jesus promised that you was going to have trouble. All right? And some of that trouble is going to be because of you. You know, Jehoshaphat prayed a prayer in chapter 20. And, and, and it talks about how he, I don't have really time to go and just go scripture by scripture, but it's in there. Okay. And he said, God, you said that if there is famine, if there's pestilence, if there's judgment and, and, and disease and all this stuff come upon us, that we're to turn to you and to pray to you, to call on you, and you'll come and help us. 
you know, maybe we should pray more. Maybe we should call on the name of the Lord more. You know, call him up and tell him what you want. <laughs> don't call him and just stand there on the phone. Like, tell him what you want. No other God invites you to come and call him and tell him what you want. Except for our God. Everybody else is out there trying to blow themselves up, trying to get to heaven. You know, trying to do all kind of crazy stuff to, to, please, to please their God. And our God is coming after us, and he's nurturing us, and he's, he's, he's smooching on us, and, and we're just running around here acting all kind of crazy, but God still, you know, there's no mountain he won't climb up. Come on, where would we be if God wouldn't come in after us? You know, we've been running for a long time, but God came after us. But anyway, Jehoshaphat was a man of prayer. And see, we can, that's a kingly attitude. Going to the Lord in prayer I can tell you that, show you that in different people's lives time and time again. But I'm not going there with David and Jehoshaphat and, 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 and Gideon and all kind of Hezekiah, all these guys, these kingly guys. But you know, God calls us kings and priests. Did you know that? Revelations chapter 1, verse 6. He's made us kings and priests. You know, go ahead and read it. It's good to know who you are. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And it don't mean nothing weird. It just means that you're a godly person. And godly people ain't like other people. You know, we just don't fold up and sit down and have a, have a hizzy, you know, because, you know, somebody, you know, um, you know, killed our goldfish. You know, you know, somebody was elected president that we don't like, so we just flip the heck out. Flew <laughs> look at this president. Oh, Jesus. We, we're not like that, you know, because our hope is in him. The Lord of Lords, and you take the president, I'll take the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I'll take the undefeated one who's never lost a battle, never lost a fight. I'll take the one that says I'll cause all things, no matter who's president and who ain't, to work together for your good. Jehoshaphat cried out to the living God. Now, he didn't just cry out. He cried out in prayer and fasting. And everybody that was in the same boat as him, he caused them to fast too. The king called to fast. Let me tell you something. When you're in trouble, it's no time to be complacent. We got a church on the top of a hill to build. You think Satan is just going to sit down? Now, you think everything is about you, but it's not. You think that Satan is going to, that principality and powers are going to lie down and get out of our way and let us put a church on top of the most prominent hill in Wasilla. And you wonder why you're having so much trouble. You wonder why you, wonder, you think it's because of you. But the devil is after the people of God. And he says, I'm not, I'm not going to let them put that church on top of that hill. I'm not going to let them put that, that, that beacon of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, on top of a hill. I couldn't stand it. I, I, I couldn't handle it. I'd have to move out of Wasilla if they did that. Hey, and that's the plan. Hallelujah. We're moving in. We're taking over. And he's getting out. You know why? 
Because we're kings and priests, Jack. We know who we are. And we are taking authority over all the darkness. And we're saying we're going to get up and shine Jesus' light. We are. It ain't about just us. It's about Jesus flowing through us, moving through us, touching through us, living his life through us. We're his hands and his heart extended toward Wasilla. I'll tell you what. Those people that they said couldn't get saved are going to get saved. There's some chains that's going to be broken in this city. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if God could bring me out of Cleveland and save me, he can save anybody. And that person you don't, you don't think is, uh, is, is going to make it, you know, your bet is this. Get on God's side about anybody. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how evil they are. You know, they're being demonically controlled and influenced by the devil. And if you break that hold and that person gets saved, it'll change everything. Changes everything. You need to get on God's side. Well, you know, he's already on your side. He's already helping you. You know how I know that? Because you're in church tonight. So Jehoshaphat was a man of prayer. We need to be praying and we need to be fasting during these 21 days. You know, the only person that don't want you to pray and fast is the devil. You know, because he don't want you to get stronger. He don't want you to get more in tune with God so that you can hear his voice more clearly and follow him more nearly day by day. All right. He doesn't want you to do that. Jehoshaphat cried out to God. He says, we got no power against this enemy. That's right. And he was right. We don't have any, any power against the enemy, but, but God does. And, and he flows it through us when we speak in Jesus' name. The multitude is coming against us. We don't have any power against them. And we don't know what to do. You ever been in a situation or circumstance where you didn't know what? Are you in a circumstance or situation where you don't know what to do? Maybe we ought to deal with Jehoshaphat. Is. This is what Jehoshaphat said. He said, I'm in a circumstance and a situation against some people, a multitude of people coming against me, and I had no power against them, and I don't know what to do. And then he makes a statement. He says, but my eyes are on you. And in whatever circumstance or situation that you find yourself in, if you will get your eyes on God. See, the enemy doesn't want you to pay attention to God. He doesn't want you to get your eyes on him from, who, from whom your help cometh. Okay. He doesn't want you to get help. He doesn't want you to get strength. Because wherever you focus on is where you get your strength from. So you can focus on your problem if you want to. But all you're going to feel like is smaller than your problem. And you're going to feel that the problem is going to overtake you and that there's nothing you can do, that you have no strength. But when you get your eyes focused in on God, God will begin to raise you up and God will begin to strengthen you from your innermost man. You know, God told us a great thing. He says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Whatever is dry and dead in your life, you can speak to that thing. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water and you can bring life where there is death. Yeah, he told Ezekiel, man, talk to the dry bones. 
He said, man of God. He said, come on, buddy. I, I can just see God up there. This is my version, okay? He's like, come on, Ezekiel. Speak to the dry bones, buddy. Let's see what's going to happen here. Come on. Come on. He said, God, you know. He said, speak, bro. Speak. And Ezekiel said, life. And, it was, and they started to move. Whoa. It's kind of like when Toby get on the keyboard. Come in here all like that. Hey, something's happening. Hey. No mountain he won't climb up. Whoa! <laughs> oh, my goodness. And life starts to come into you. And then you start to be able to do what you on your own could not do. So how do you overcome? Oh, my goodness. I'm going I'm to cut to the quick here and get down to business. Because here's where there, it hits the road. And this is what the enemy does not want you to do ever in your whole life. Do you know how I focus in on God? Do you know how you should focus in on God? There's a song we used to sing. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Psalms 100, verse 4. You get into God's presence. And when you get into God's presence, there ain't no other presence around him. Check. I'm telling you, where God is, demons are, they, they not... They ain't coming around you because they know just poof, you know, they're not coming around you. Praise and worship is some of the strongest power that we have. That in every circumstance, you know, Paul and Silas chained to a wall could reach out some worship. You know, the, the prophet came and told Jehoshaphat, Jack, you know what? You know, this is going to happen. He says, God's going to fight for you. The battle, he tells Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Hallelujah. Woo, I heard a preacher say one time, if you want to win a fight, get out of the ring. Let the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And standing in for Pastor Vince is Jesus, the undisputed, undefeated champion of the world. Hey! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And I know your problems are overwhelming. Your trouble is real. And it seems insurmountable. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing that God will not do for you. I mean, it might take a little while, but it's coming. You know, hallelujah. You know, there's people... They never see the victory while they're winning, while they're, while, they're here, while they're living. But you know what? I promise you, as soon as you get to heaven, and he says, oh, well done. It's over, baby. Start the celebration. Do your dance and sing your song. Because you will get to go back and look at Satan when he's all chained and, and beat up and messed up. And go, was this the fool? 
that, that gave me so much trouble? Huh. God always calls us to triumph. Look, you don't quit. You don't give up. You don't sit down. You don't back up. You don't shut up. You do what God's called you to do. You do what he's telling you to do, what he's telling you to do to the day you die. So when you get to heaven, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm going to tell you, man, some of us live, live to see our enemies defeated, sitting down. You know what? They can't defeat you. I don't care what they do to you. I don't care if cancer jumps up on your body. How do you? It cannot destroy you. It cannot kill you. It might mess with your flesh a little bit, but that's all it can do. But you fight the good fight. Of, man, the Bible says by his stripes we were healed. I'm going to tell you what, man. I'm going to fight cancer until either it leaves or I leave. Either way, I win. Well, Jehoshaphat went out into the valley. He didn't take swords and guns. You know, I know guns are really close to the Alaskan heart, you know. But they will not help you in your spiritual battle. Okay, the only gun that you need, hallelujah, is God. If God be for you, you put your worldly weapons away and let God fight your battles for you. You need to pray. You need to seek his face until God shows up. Don't you give up until God shows up. Don't you let go until he tells you to let go. It's at his command, not at Satan's command. It's at God's command. And I'll fight as long as God tells me to fight. I'll kick and scratch and bite and do whatever I got to do. You know, I was out visiting one day, and this dog came up and, and, and grabbed me by the heel. He just kind of, like, bit me a little bit. You know, he didn't, like, put teeth in me or nothing. He just, like, kind of nip at me. You know, so I'm like, I looked at him. I said, you ain't the only one got teeth. I, I did. I looked him straight in the face. I said, hey, you ain't the only one got teeth. Nip me again and see what happened to you. You know, and that dog backed up when I did that. I was like, he backed up, man. I'm like, I said, yeah. And then, I, you know, I went to knock on the door, you know, because I'm delivering, you know, the, the door hanger. And I was like, I'm not going to let that dog scare me. And so, you know, the people went home, so I left them a door hanger. I had to go back to the car, get the door hanger. I had to write that thing out, get back out of the car, walk right past that dog, and put that, that door. When I walked by, the, when I walked by the, to put the door hanger, he followed me again. I said, look, I told you. Right? This is your last warning. And I like, put that thing on there, and I turned around. I walked by, got in the car, and drove off. And I solemnly made a promise to God. I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, next time I'll throw that door hanger. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, so Jehoshaphat did not go out with his army. He obeyed God. He prayed till God spoke to him. God used the prophet. God used... Used the word of God. He kept quoting the word of God. You know, God, you said, you said. And then um, the prophetic word came and he moved. And Jehoshaphat said in, in, in verse 20 of chapter 20, he says, you know what? You need to take heed to your, to your prophets and stuff. So then you will prosper. 
And I just want you to know that God has, has put everything that you need for life and godliness, everything that you need to obtain what you, what you need to obtain, hallelujah, in your reach. There's nothing out of your reach. I'm telling you that you will call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. The only person that don't want you to do that is the devil because he, he wants to continue to, to smash you, to beat you down and to tear you up. But I want you to know the reason why I'm a Christian today because God made me a solemn promise. He made me a solemn promise. He said, whatever was beating you up, I'm going to raise you up to beat it up. He says, you're not talking about flesh and blood. You're not talking about people. It wasn't about that. But I'm talking about, dude, I'm going to use you to bring down powers and principalities, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I said, sign me up, Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know what? Jesus wants to sign you up today. He wants you in his army. He wants you fighting your real enemy. He wants you to handle the root of the problem. He wants you to get down to it. He wants you to get on. He wants you to ferret it out, dig it out, cut it out, spray it, whatever you got to do, and get rid of that thing once and for all. That it will never rear its ugly head up again. Now, I got to quit, but I want to tell you this. I'll tell you this story. I have an older sister. Her name is Denise. And I remember when she went to Lulu-Dale High in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll explain it. Lulu-Dale. What the? I don't know. But anyway, there was a girl that lived a couple of doorways down from her. So her name was China. And it's not because she was from China. <laughs> okay. It was because she was big as China. So, so, I mean, she was hefty, all right? So, so China, on a regular basis, harassed my sister, even to some points of blows. And I guess she had told my sister, when you come Friday, as everything, I mean, she lived two doors down. But when you come to school Friday, it's going to be me and you. So my sister, you know, she, she didn't know the Lord. <laughs> but she was tired of getting beat up. Okay, so, you know, I'm getting up, I'm going to school, you know, I'm going to, you know, whatever, elementary school, whatever, wherever I was going. And she, well, I was going to, yeah, she was going to junior high, I was going to elementary school. Okay, and I see her go to the table, you know, back in the ghetto. Okay, so we didn't have stuff that, you know, that was really like stable. Okay, so like the table, the living room table, the little cocktail table was about this high. You know, and all, this, all the feet screwed into the table. So she just delays. Thank you. And she unscrewed the leg of the table. I'm like, I learned not to ask women questions. I just, I learned that from a young age. Don't, just don't ask. You know, it was like, it didn't bother me. It didn't have nothing to do with me. I, I didn't want to know. Okay. So she unscrewed that table leg and she put it in her purse. Okay. I was like, okay. I come home from school, there's police in my yard, okay? And, and evidently, China had an accident at school. <laughs> Somehow, she tripped and fell and, and hit her head on the table leg. Okay, <laughs> you know? My mother's table leg. <laughs> and my mom was like, where's my table leg? 
again, I was a non-participant. I didn't get involved, you know. But, you know, my sister, I, I gained a newfound respect for my sister, you know, because evidently you should not turn your back on somebody you're threatening. Okay? <laughs> it's a terrible mistake, you know. Why did I tell you a story about my, my sister? Because, you know, I love my sister, and it's funny. I don't think it has anything to do with this story. But I, I, I want you to know this, that there were different people throughout history that had different weapons. You know, Moses had a stick. You know, David had a slingshot. You know, Elijah had a mantle. You know, and, and people have these different weapons. You know, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You know, and locked inside of you is a weapon that God wants to use, that God wants to ignite, that God wants to raise you up. And you be surprised how well and how much that God wants to use you. You know, I always had the gift of gab running in my mouth. I don't care. I don't tell you how many classes I've been thrown out of in my life. You know, because I would not shut up. But, you know, I, I used to put people down. I used to tear people up. And people thought that was funny. But, you know, I got saved. And God said, you know, I gave you a gift. Yeah, I didn't send you here powerless. I gave you a gift. I put something inside of you. I made you the way you were for a reason. And you have a purpose for that, for that, that, that whip you call a tongue. And I said, oh, my God. And then I understood what God wanted me to do. And I always knew from the time I got saved to now that God needed me. He wanted me. He, he birthed me. He brought me here. He created me so that I would preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way would slap the snot off the devil so that he'd get off God's people and they would come and receive Jesus as his Lord and say, there is a weapon locked inside of you that only God can bring out. There is something in you that God wants to use to defeat your enemies. And it's already there. You were born with it. And the enemy has fought you tooth and nail every day of your life so that he could keep you from it. And so that he could keep doing what he's doing and there would be one less person to stop him from doing it. But tonight, we're going to flip the script. Hallelujah. We're going to allow God to give you a, a table leg. <laughs> We're going to let God reveal to you why he created you, why he made you the way he made you for real. You know, and what he desired when he makes it right that for you to do with it. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity because only the one who made you can unlock inside of you what he put there for you to do. He only asks one thing. Is that you humble yourself and then he will lift you up. Uh, come to him and he will help you. He will inspire you. He will put his Holy Ghost inside of you and empower you to do what only he knows he called you to do. You don't even know until you receive Jesus. But if you'll do that tonight, everything changes. Maybe you hear and maybe you go, well, you know, I, I used to know what I was supposed to do. I used to have Jesus in my life, but I'm not really following him like I should. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord because God will refire you. 
He will rehire you. He'll put you up, man. He says, man, though you stumble, you shall not utterly be cast down. If you call on him tonight, he will re-anoint you. Hallelujah. And cause you to fulfill the destiny that you have left. And some of you don't even know if you're saved or not. Well, tonight is the night that you make sure. So look, without looking around and looking at other people, but keeping your eyes on Jesus, keeping your eyes on God, if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Simply raise your hand right now. Be bold. Be strong. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else want to come to the Lord tonight? Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you. You will not be ashamed. God's about to destroy some enemies. Anybody else want to come to the Lord tonight? I want everybody to stand in this place. Now look at me. The time of being strong is now. Not when you leave here. Not when you go home and, and, and get in your bed and, and, and try to be strong. If you can't stand for Christ in front of the people that love him and, and also the people that, that are calling on his name and are going to be standing with you and helping you, if you can't stand for Christ here, you'll never leave, live for him out there. The Bible says this, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So if you raised your hand and you meant what you said, you wanted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to make your way out of your seats. I want you to come and stand here in front of this altar, and I'm going to pray for you. Come on, don't be ashamed. I, I ain't going to hurt you. You got nothing to fear, and you got everything to gain. God's going to help you tonight. You know, I saw you back there. I saw you back there, man. I said, God, man, going to raise you up, man. He's going to put a, boy, whoa, he's going to put a hurting on the enemy because of you. He's going he's gonna to hurt what used to hurt you. Hallelujah. God's going to be your ever-present help in time of trouble. Now, I want you all to know, I'm going I'm to say a prayer. And I'm going to say it in pieces, and you have to repeat it after me. And it's a, it's a prayer to receive Jesus. But before you do that, I want you to know that from this day forth, if you ever make a mistake, if you ever stumble and fall, that you're to get back up. You're never, ever again to run from God. You're always to run to Him. Where you will receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, love, and acceptance. Don't you run away from God. Because He's always looking to build you up. If you come in, if you humble yourself like you did right now, he will be there for you even when you mess up. What kind of kid spilling some milk whose father and mother ain't there for them when they make a mistake? God is the ultimate father. So should you make another mistake from this day forth, I want you to know what you have to do is you have to run back to Jesus and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. And he'll, you'll find his help is there and his help is immediate. Hallelujah. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it out loud. Say it together. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all my sins, all my mistakes. I know that you died for me on your cross at Calvary and you rose again so that I can have eternal life. Come into my life. Come into my heart. 
Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for coming after me again. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, Father, I thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer out loud and believed it in their heart. They're saved, God. Their sin has been wiped away, no longer remembered by you, God. And they are now new creatures in Christ. That, Lord, that we're here to help them to, to go to the next level, to help them, Lord, to be able to stand, God, on their own, Lord. We're here to build them up, Lord, and to help them just like you helped us. And you, you had people help us, God. So tonight, Lord, I'm praying that you will be with them. You will hear them when they cry. When they open their mouths, Lord, in the middle of the night, God, you will hear them and you will rescue them and you will save them. For those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and you will give them the power to never, ever, Lord, never, ever go back into the world, Lord. Never, ever, Lord, again to go back to that mess. But they're saved, God, and you're going to raise them up, Lord, and sharpen them and build them up and release that anointing that calling on their lives, Lord, that they could be what you made them to be. You fashioned them the way they are for a certain reason, God. And I'm praying through these next weeks and months and days, God, that you will reveal it to them. I ask your blessings upon them. Now and forevermore, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a clap. There are, there are counselors coming around, and they're going to have you fill out some paper for us. Don't worry about it. Just take a few minutes, about two or three minutes, and let them help you. Come on, church. Let's worship.